the people that were affected by leprosy they were completely forbidden to live uh where people where normal people live they have to leave their uh places where they were born and raised up sometimes when there is no choice when when there is no opportunity to reach out to people for begging they just have to go to the garbages and find the food and eat just to survive being in india being a woman in india is not an easy thing to take up things as a leader i saw lots of young girls and women being brought up and they get married by the age of 14 and i thought that i was going to be one of them and that i was going to have three or four four kids by the time i was 20 but now i'm here talking with a a man from usa <laughs> i'm having tears in my eyes just to just to think that god has brought me here Hey everybody, it's Aaron, and it's another episode of the Simply Overcoming podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm excited about today's guest. I'm excited about today's episode. I hope you're doing well today. So, for those living in the Western world, it is likely that when the word leprosy is brought to one's attention, at the most you might think about stories from the Bible. Well, Leprosy is one of the oldest known oldest diseases known to man and despite advances in technology leprosy continues to be a public health challenge in countries around the world. 200,000 cases of leprosy are diagnosed every year around the world and in the United States there's only about 150 to 200 cases. um uh, diagnosed annually. So today's guest is someone who who truly cares about hum- humanity and is doing something in India that I think you will be very interested to hear about. So Shrujana, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you brother for giving me this opportunity. Well, you know, this happened very last minute and we've never had the opportunity to meet in person, but hopefully that can happen someday, but um you know, I was I was on your website and I was looking around at some of the things that you guys do and it's it's very exciting to see the work that's being done through your ministry. So, um I was wondering if you could tell us briefly about your organization and what you do and really what you stand for. Yes um I I was a born Christian and I have always uh, been to church and uh, uh know the word of God and uh, I always grew up knowing that there's a purpose in everyone's life and I believe that God has a purpose for me for my life so after my graduation uh, in master's degree I was asking God what he wants me to do and uh, I prayed and waited and uh, um that's when he told me that okay this some people there are nearly 200 people living in a colony and they were leprosy victims they had no one to take care of and they have no families they have no good living conditions they are in need of great love and uh, they are in need of gospel and they are in need of knowing that jesus loves them that's when i realized that god is calling me to this ministry to this leprosy ministry and i realized that he wanted me to go there spend time with them know their conditions and everything that's how this leper's ministry has started and uh, i started to gather some of my friends from college and also some neighbors and i expressed my vision and heart with them that god is calling me to reach out to them to share them that he loves them so much that they are not lost and uh, i have been doing this uh, since 2017 and uh, god has been blessing me through this ministry and uh, many people who were hopeless and helpless were brought back to life 
through my regular visits every month that I go to them and share them the gospel and help them at least with one week supplies for food and everything. So that's wow. how this ministry has started. And I will continue to do that for as long as God permits me to do. Shrujana, that that's amazing. I, I want to dive a little deeper into the conversation of leprosy specifically, but before we do, I was curious, where are you from in India? What I guess you call them states? Yes, I'm from coastal state. It's called Andhra Pradesh, and uh, I live in a small village in the coastal region of Andhra Pradesh. Okay, wonder man, what a beautiful place of India, right? What a beautiful place that you're from. My goodness, I've been, I've been to. Um, I guess in Andhra Pradesh, I've been to Angol and Tuni and Vijuwada. I think those are the places yeah. that I've mainly mainly visited. Well, that's that's really great. You know, I was reading that your main motto is is faith with deeds, and I yeah. I, I really appreciate that because there's so many people out there who are hurting and that need support in their physical needs. And that's really important. You need to, you need to get out and you need to do what Jesus did and help people with their physical needs. And so, you know, this ministry of working with lepers, I know that you do so much more than just work with people, uh, who, who have been stricken with leprosy. But, um, I wanted to talk specifically about leprosy because it's an interesting conversation to have. And it's a conversation that people in the Western world really don't really know much about. So tell me, what exactly is leprosy and and what is it what does it do what is the what is the outcome of of getting leprosy yes uh, leprosy is a physical disease that is caused by a virus and if it affects the tissues of the body and uh, it just continues to build up in their body a specific part of their body and it will spread to the entire body if not taken care uh, in time So the people that are affected by leprosy, they got this disease when there was no cure for leprosy. So as a result of this, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to care for the disease that they got. They don't know how to treat the, 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 uh, there is no treatment for that when when people get this disease. So they lost their legs, their limbs, their hands, their fingers just fell off from their hands. As a, as because, of the, because of the disease and uh, many of them lost their sight and um, it affects them physically and it damages their bodies. So that's what leprosy is. Being somebody that knows very little about leprosy, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in a lot of ways you lose, you lose feeling in parts of your body, in, in your body in a lot of cases. And so if you hurt yourself, if you cut yourself, it's possible that you may not notice that and that can turn into a, a major infection, which then turns into a um, losing a limb or, or something of that nature. Yes, that's correct. So in India, a lot of times these people are referred to as, as untouchables. Yes. So, you know, in Bible times, uh, you know, a lot of times the lepers would, um, they lived in these leper colonies, maybe outside of the city. What's the situation in India and, and, uh, and how are these people being helped by people like yourself? Yes, the people that were affected by leprosy, they were completely forbidden to live uh, where people, where normal people live. They, 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 they have to leave this, their, their houses they have to leave their uh, places where they were born and raised up. 
And uh, they, even their own families left them. They just kicked them out of their houses because they don't want the rest of the family to get the leprosy. And uh, they have no choice but to just go out of the town and go somewhere at the corner of the village where there are no people. And uh, they just have to go on the roads, on the streets, covering their bodies with clothes and beg for food, for coins, for rupees. And uh, they, sometimes when there is no choice, when, when there's no opportunity to reach out to people for begging, they just have to go to the garbages and find the food and eat just to survive. Mm. And most of the people that were affected by leprosy, they had to sleep on the roads and the streets for many years. It's really difficult to hear that, you know, um, it's it's a reality check. And, and when you come from, you know, speaking speaking to the to the listeners, when you come from the Western world and you travel to a country like India and you see these things where uh, this just doesn't exist in in the United States of of any sort, but there is good news for people who have leprosy, and that is that there is there is a essentially a cure for leprosy. So why are there still so many people who are stricken with leprosy that have not been able to get the help that they need? It's because of uh, there is nobody to care for them. For example, there is a person with leprosy. And he was left by their families. He was left by their community. And he has nowhere to go. And he doesn't even know where to ask for help. And he doesn't know what to do. And uh, he's just lost. And he doesn't know what to do with his life. And uh, he is on the street, begging for food, just living for, uh, just waiting for someone to give him a piece of bread, just for survival. But there is no, uh, no one to care for them. Mm. And uh, these people, there are lots of people who are affected by leprosy and uh, they got to know each other while begging on the streets. For example, one person with leprosy, uh, they go face to face with another person with leprosy and they formed a big group like well, 200 people, 180 people, 300 people. And they decided to love each other, accept themselves. And they decided to stay together as a, a community. And uh, that's where the people that I serve, that I visit are living. They all live in a small community where only the people with leprosy live. If you get leprosy, if, you, if you're stricken with leprosy, is it to my understanding that if, if you don't, deal with it soon enough, then it's something that may just be with you the rest of your life? Yes. And also, it also spreads to other people. For example, if there is a person uh, among the community that has leprosy and he does not know it, and I go to him and I spend time with him, there's a risk of me getting the leprosy from him as well. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like to me that a lot of what you do in your organization and your ministry is is education. Education yes. is such a big, a, a vital part of helping people who essentially just don't know that these things exist. They have no, they have no concept or idea of what is out there and the and the help that there is for for them. You know, I work with an organization. Uh, in, in India that works in India and other countries, Philippines and Africa, and, uh, and they train health workers to educate people. 
And one of the things yeah. that I have seen when I was in India personally was just how uh, how often you see stroke victims. And when you ask these people, well, when did you go to the hospital? You find out that many of these people who've had strokes have never gone to the hospital. And we, yeah. we know that if you can if you can get them to the hospital as quickly as possible, there is a chance of them being able to fully recover and live a normal life. But, you know, it, they just are unaware of the seriousness of what they what they're dealing with. And so yes. so you're able to educate people and help people understand the importance of things like getting to the hospital, things like drinking clean water um, and 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 cleanliness. The, these things are very important and these things need to be need to be on the forefront of, of all of our minds. Right. Yes, that's correct. So so. What specifically gives you joy in helping other people? Um, to see them happy. <laughs> there, there was a sister. Uh, she, she's not alive now. She passed away um, in last year, May, due to COVID-19. Uh, each time I visit her, she hugs me. Even though she was a leprosy victim, even though people consider her as an untouchable, nobody goes to her, nobody touches her, nobody hugs her, nobody talks to her, but I just go sit beside her and ask her how she is doing. And the way she hugs me, the way uh, she used to touch, uh, touch my face like this. In India, being touched like this is that they treat you like you are precious to them, like you are so precious. And um, when she did that, I did not worry about the leprosy. I did not worry about anything. I just saw her smile and the heart filled with joy. And that has empowered me and uh, uh, told me clearly that I need to do this more. Mm. And that's how I have been doing this. And I feel, I find really real joy of the Lord by helping these people. So your family is, is involved with this organization. This is a family organization. Is that correct? Yes, uh, the organization is uh, initially for my by my father's. Okay. He is the one that uh, that leads the organization. But uh, this leprosy mission is my personal calling. My father and my brother. They are uh, my mom. She uh, takes care of the women empowerment. She empowers the women locally in my community. But uh, I'm not with the organization. I'm with the organization, but uh, you I following I, your own path. I, Yes, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is the importance of women empowerment in a country like India? It's, it's, it has a great importance, especially in places like where I live. People, and especially young girls and women, they were brought up with lots of sophisticated, with lots of, um, what do you call it? Um, I don't know why, I don't remember the word for it. They just believe whatever the grand parents tell and it just continues to generations and they, they continue to believe that and they feel that they just have to wait until they are 14 or 15 and they just have to find a man get married have kids by 17 18 and their life ends there there is no worldly knowledge for them there is no knowledge for these women what is happening outside of their house they don't even know what is happening in their state. They don't know what the government is. They don't know what who the leaders are. They don't even know the main leader of their village. There are some women like that. 
who are very strictly restricted to their own families. And uh, this has been happening for many years in my village, and I have seen it with my eyes. And my mother, she realized the importance of uplifting them, empowering them, and telling them that their potential and that they have the power in the Lord. And she prays with them. She uh, brings them up in such a way that they know their potential and that they can be the leaders in their families and know what their purpose in their life is, especially this brings joy in their hearts. So my mother has been doing this for a long time now. In some homes, they may even be treated like property in some way. Could that be the case? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, but isn't this this is something that's changing in in the country of India over time? the 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 younger generation is seeing the problem with the way that that you know the the country looks at at women and and at, at some of some of these issues like that. Yes, uh, but the problem is many villages are not being reached with this knowledge. Um, many women, many young girls. In villages like I live, nobody goes to them. Nobody visits them. Nobody tells them that you can be this, you can be that. And there is no such training for the people in many Indian villages. So only a few percentage of Indian population, the women and uh, young girls are being trained and they are adapting the new technology and the changes in India. But most of the people are still in need of reaching out. Mm, mm. And that, and that's where that's where you come in. That's where your mother comes in. That that is where so yeah. many so many people come in and and can help. You know what amazes me, Shrujana? The fact that you are in India and I'm in the United States and we're having a conversation face to face right now. Yeah. It blows my mind and technology continues to increase and it's it's created a platform for us to be able to have these conversations and, and share with the world about the things going on around the world. And it, it you know, I recognize that you, you use your, your personal Facebook as a way to reach out to people and to share and to share thoughts with people. And I think that we can all do that. You know, we can, we can either choose to use these, these technologies that we have, like, you know, like Facebook, like Instagram, these things can be used in a good way, you know, and, yeah. and we see it, we see these technologies being used in a lot of bad ways right now. And it's always been that way and it's only getting worse. But do you have any specific stories that you could share with us that really from your heart, some stories that you've, that you, things that you've experienced in helping the lepers and, and, uh, and the homeless in, in your ministry? Yes, I would love to do that. So in 2020, uh, we had this uh, fundraising event. I reached out to a lot of people in America, in Europe, Australia. I shared with lots of people that there are thousands of millions of people dying of hunger and that there is help that we need. And um, we, we got some supplies and um, we were able to buy some food supplies to hand out to people in small bags. And we... Uh, called people to gather in one place so that we don't have to go to them. And uh, all the local people came to us and they were so happy receiving the food supplies packets from us. And I found one family 
They came here for work from North India. I think it's from Jammu and Kashmir. It is the northmost state of India. So they traveled from there to our state to sell some fast food on their uh, small vehicle. I don't know what what you call it, but it's a small uh, uh, a small wooden uh, thing that uh, many streets in India we have them. And uh, as a as a result of the lockdown, they had no work. And as they were foreigners in our state, they had no place to live. They were just roaming on the streets with masks and sanitizers, sleeping on the sides of the roads. And there was no food for them to eat because it was three-week lockdown. There was no food on the streets even to eat. There was no shops open. And the, the mother, the father, the baby girl, three of them came to, them, came to me and received the supplies. And she was on the on the floor crying and she hugged me and told me that it has been nearly two weeks since they had a sufficient amount of food and she cried and she cried and her husband cried the little baby she was also crying but all three of them were so happy to receive the food supplies they are not the people that I usually work with. They are not the people that I see every day. And they are not the people that are familiar here. They have no friends or families or neighbors. But still, they were so happy to receive the food supplies. They came for one week supplies. I sent them back with one month supply so that they can stay until after the lockdown and they have enough to eat until they go back to their state. So by doing this random acts of kindness, we, have, we don't know who is going to encounter the love of Jesus. And the most important thing about this incident is that the family is Muslim family. They're not Christians. They're not any other people. They are Muslims. Wow. So that day, she told me that I have lots of friends in my state who know me, but you are the only one that helped me in, with your actions. So I realized that it's really important for each of us to just reach out to people when there's need. And that incident will forever in my heart uh, because of the COVID-19 and the help that we gave. That will be in my heart forever. And, um, and I'm happy to say that those three people, they started going to church in their state and they now believe Jesus because wow. of this random act of kindness. Wow. You know, uh, what uh, What I really like to tell people is there, there's so many people out there who are unsure about where, where their place is in the world. They don't really know where they're meant to be, what they're meant to be doing, but they want to help the world, but they don't know where to start. And I can tell you right now that a great way to start is to just be a light to the people who you are around. Because you can make an impact in someone's life and you may not even recognize it. You may not even know it. You know, the simplest yeah. act of smiling at somebody can, can change someone's day, can change someone's, someone's week. And, you know, who knows what a, a simple comment and, or, or just listening to somebody who needs, needs somebody to listen to them, what, how that can impact somebody's life. And, and so you are significant. The world, as, as, as the human race, we are so connected and we don't realize that. And we just, we need to reach out to one another and show support 
because when you do that, it's a ripple effect, right? It's like when you take a pebble and you throw it into the water and all the ripples are created. I mean, one little pebble creates a ripple that can travel for, you know, an extreme distance. And so, yeah. you know, be the ripple effect in people's lives around you. And, and I guarantee you, you will find satisfaction in that and you will be blessed in doing that. Yes. So I, I want to ask you about COVID and, but you know, a lot of the questions that I ask, I ask because I'm curious myself and, you know, yes. I, I have lots of friends in India, but I haven't really had any of these in-depth conversations with them about you know, what, what's been happening in India since, you know, the pandemic. And one of my questions, one of my curiosities has been how, how has COVID impacted the farmers? Cause I just, I think the farmers are so important, no matter where you are in this world, even in the United States, the farmers are so important. They are the ones who feed us. And so yeah. how, how has this impacted the farming community? It has impacted, uh, all of them, I have to say that most of them were emotionally were really affected by COVID-19 and um, because of the uh, stock markets, because of the cost of the rice, because of uh, lack of people buying rice and uh, lack of people who are willing to continue their farming. It has impacted thousands of people. In fact, after COVID-19, uh, nearly 20 people that I knew sold their agricultural lands to people who are willing to build, uh, use this as uh, construction land. So mm -hmm. I myself saw most of them lost their lands because um, it has impacted them mentally and they were not ready to continue their work. And they just want to have some money in their bank account and settle in their life, be able to provide for their family uh, every day and, um, there are still many people who are suffering as a result of this COVID-19 and uh, it's really sad, but there are so many people who haven't lost their courage and still continue to provide rice, the food for Indian people. Mm. And that's the bright side of all of this, right? Is the kindness that has come out of this is just, is phenomenal. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm so thankful for all of the people out there who, continue to reach out and help people in the world. If people want to get a hold of you, Shrujana, how, how could they reach out to you? If somebody's curious about, about what you're doing specifically, if somebody wants to help you in your, in your organization, um, how, how can they get a hold of you, contact you? I know you have a website as well. Yes. Um, people, if you, if they wish to know more, uh, but the lepers and everything they want to get in touch with me they can directly contact me from the website that i have that i've mentioned in my facebook or uh, i prefer email because it's much easier for me and they can also contact me in facebook in my profile great so we'll um, we'll go ahead we can have your website in the show notes so if you want to if you want to go down there and click on the link and check out strujana's uh their yeah. their organization's website and then we can also have your email there as well Yes, brother. Wonderful. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share with, with the listeners? Yes. Um, being in India, being a woman in India is not an easy thing to take up things as a leader. But I am beyond blessed to be able to talk on an international platform like this. I have never imagined in my life that I would be able to do this because 
I saw lots of young girls and women being brought up and they get married by the age of 14. And I thought that I was going to be one of them and that I was going to have three or four, four kids by the time I was 20. But now I'm here talking with a, a man from USA. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, um, uh, I'm having tears in my eyes just to, just to think that God has brought me here. And um, I, uh, I give my greetings to all the people, all the wonderful people who take time to listen to this podcast. And uh, I request special prayers uh, for this lepers ministry that you will continue to pray for them. Think about their dire conditions and needs. The most important need they need, uh, they are in great need of is food for them. So uh, people can pray for, for their food that God provides for them. And that most of them are in their 80s and 70s, so they don't have much to live. They they are in their final days of um, on this earth. So it's my dedication to reach out to them and uh, help them feel loved until the Lord takes them away from here. But we will see them in eternity. And I, I request all of you to please continue to pray for me uh, that uh, I will empower many young girls to be able to uh, have a vision to change the communities here in India. And I want to set an example uh, to lots of young girls so that uh, they, they all will step out of their boundaries and uh, be the change that they want to see in the communities. So thank you everyone for this. And thank mm -hmm. you brother for giving me this opportunity. I am so blessed to mm -hmm. be able to do this. Shrujana, uh, you're bringing tears to my eyes too, because I, I, you know, I am thankful for you and I'm thankful for everything that you're doing. And you are an inspiration to me and you're an inspiration to so many people. And God, it's just, you, you're making such a huge impact. And, and I'm so thankful that there are young girls who can look to you as an example of what they can be when they, when they grow, um, when they grow up because the world needs more empowered women who can who can be an inspiration and who can who can lead the next generation and Shrijana you're doing that and I thank you so much for for everything that you're doing and thank you for being on the podcast this is this has been great it's been eye opening and uh, and I hope that that the listeners have learned something today and uh, yeah, I, this isn't going to be the first time that we that we speak, Shrujana. I hope that we can we this can uh, grow into a, a lifelong friendship. And and you know, one day when I'm back in India, I hope that we can we can meet face to face. Yes, brother, that would be amazing. And when I'm in the U.S., I will try to meet you in face to face. Yeah, let <laughs> let let me know where you'll be in the U.S., and I'll have to travel and and come come to see you. And and maybe you'll be yes. coming to the U.S. within a year, right? Yes, uh, probably within the next few months, I Wonderful. will be visiting. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you so much. If you've made it to the end of this episode, Wow, what a what a wonderful uh, what a wonderful conversation. I'm I'm humbled by by Shrujana and what she's doing in India, and I just want to encourage you out there, the people who are listening, be a light to the people around you because that is something that we all can do. So until next time, have a great day. Bye-bye.